You know, I was going to remind you all of something that God reminded me of. Several years ago, Wayne Niffin and I went to Amarillo to, to see Bobby Connors because Wayne and Bobby was raised in the same town pastor together. And this prophet lady sat across the table from us as we was re- eating, and she, I wish I'd got her name. She was from uh, Wichita Falls. And she told us what we was talking about on the way to Amarillo. And then she told Wayne what he had beside his bed frame at the house. And then she looked at me and said, you have a church on the northeast side of town, and you pastors get together every Tuesday. And she said, I want you to understand and know that God has given you authority to determine what comes in and what goes out of that, that place. And I want to remind you that you're a part of what comes in and what goes out. So we don't have to receive stuff that's coming in in Amarillo and Hereford and Clovis or anywhere else. We have authority. We sit at the gate to determine what comes in and what doesn't come in. We got to use that authority. He is going to sit down until his enemies has made his footstool. And he's expecting the church to do something with this mess. So take the authority he's given you and use it. Say, not on my watch. Say, not on my watch. Instead of listening to that new stuff, just say, not on my watch. We're going to stand our ground and guard our gates in Jesus' name. So I'm telling you, that it's, it's astounding when the Spirit moves like that. And, and so you have authority, and we just need to take it. Amen? Well, we're talking about our identification in Christ. <clears throat> in Romans chapter 4, let me go to Romans chapter 4. I'm just going to take advantage of my uh, computer. I'm going to go to Romans 4. Romans chapter 4, verse 25. I want us to, I, I'm going to keep working on our identity till we don't have to question who we are. You can't have authority if you don't know who you are. You've got to know who you are. In Romans uh, 4:25, uh, I want to read it in the Passion. Verse 24 says, but, but also over us. For when we believe and embrace the one who brought our Lord Jesus back to life, the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, perfect righteousness will be created to our account as well. Jesus was handed over to be crucified for the forgiveness of our sins. Okay. And he was raised back to life to prove that he had made us right with God. He was raised, King James says, For our justification. And I want you to know something here. He was crucified to take care of your past. But he was resurrected to take care of your future. The resurrection life was an act. By one act. It says in Romans uh, chapter 5. Let's go to Romans chapter 5 verse 18. I want you to see. Justification is not a process. By one act, his resurrection took care of who you are. Yeah. Nothing you can do to add to that or take away from it. That's who you are. Romans 5, 18. Uh, let me start in verse 17. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more, they, much more they that receive the abundance of grace. What? Grace. And the what? Gift. Say gift. Yeah. What do you do to earn a gift? Nothing. Nothing. <coughs> The gift of righteousness shall reign in life. Zoe, zoe life. Suke zoza. 
By who? One man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so, by the righteousness of the one, the free gift came upon all men to justification of life. I want you to see your position, your identity is a gift from God. Receive it. Don't, that's, the, that's the problem. We want to make it some process or some way we work through. No. When he was raised, you were raised. Yeah. Yeah. I want you to see your identity with him. It means our complete union with him in his death, burial, and resurrection. I died with Christ. I was buried with Christ. I suffered with Christ. I was made alive with Christ. I am seated together in union with Christ right now, according to Ephesians chapter 2. Now, that word with is a legal term. With is a good term. Listen, the key that unlocks all these hidden truths is the word with. Union, joined, oneness. He made you one. He made you what you are. The enemy wants to keep you beat down and defeated so you won't have authority to tell him not on my watch. He's a defeated foe. And you've got to know who you are. The vital side of our redemption is what the Holy Spirit through the word is doing with us right now. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, We beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being exchanged into that very image, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. He said, where the Spirit of the Lord is, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the Lord. He's exchanging us into his very image. Paul said in Galatians 2.20, let me read that. I want to read that in uh, Passion, Galatians 2.20. He'll let y'all read it too. Galatians 2. uh, See if I want to start a little. Let me see. Oh, happy day. What do you have to fear? Nothing. Galatians 2.19, but because the Messiah lives in me, I've now died to the law of dominion over me so that I can live for God. My old identity, say my old identity, has been co-crucified with the Messiah and no longer lives. Say it, no longer lives. For the nails of his cross crucified me with him. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine. For the anointed one lives his life through me. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who loves me so much that he gave himself for me and dispenses his life into mine. It's okay for you to believe that Christ is in you, but it's more important for you to believe that you're in Christ. You know, we've talked about it. Every time it says that Christ is in you, it's ten verses to say you're in him. You're much more in him than he is in you. you got to start believing that because he, he made a fresh start. Your business, Jesus was the last Adam. There's no more Adam for Jesus. That old Adam is dead and Jesus is a brand new creation. You're just as dead as that, uh, that Adam is, is Christ had. Your old Adam is just as dead as his is. You are a new creature. Brand new creature. Never... Never nothing like you before. That's who you are. Your identity. You got to get it. 
Christ became one with us in sin that we might be one with him in righteousness. He became as we were to, that we might be as he is now. 1 John four seventeen says, as he is, so are we now in this present world. Say when? Now. It's finished. He became one with us in death that we might be one with him in life. Zoe life. Jesus said, I've come that you might have a life and have it abundantly. Remember, Zoe life is soul life. You have a new soul. You have a new mind, new will, new emotions. That's who you are. The old is passed away. It's dead. Message said, give it a decent burial and get on with living. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. You got to let it. How do you do that? But quit thinking those dumb thoughts you used to think. When those thoughts come, say, not on my watch. That's not who I am. That's who I was. Amen? All right. Twofold oneness. First, his oneness with us in sin on the cross. Second, our oneness with him in the glory seated with him in the right hand of the Father. Ephesians 2, 6 says we've been raised with him. He made us sit with him in heavenly places in Christ. He became as we, so we might become as he. He died to make us live. He was made sin to make us righteous. He became weak to make us strong. He suffered shame to give us glory. He went to hell in order to seat us in glory. Give me an amen. amen. You're seated together with him now in heavenly places. He was condemned in order to justify us. He was made sick in order that healing might be ours. He was cast out from the presence of God in order to make us accept him, accepted and welcomed in the beloved. He took our rejection so we don't have to. I have been crucified with Christ, Paul said. It meant he had been judged, condemned, cast out, stripped naked, and nailed to the cross. When Paul confessed his identification with Christ, he was a crucified man. To the Jewish people, that means he was a curse. But good news, Galatians chapter 3. Let's look at Galatians chapter 3. Where is that? 13. I want to read that in the... Passion. I really liked passion. How many of you is getting a hold of this passion? It's not infallible, but it's sure good. 16. All right. Woo. It's Holy Ghost or something moving around up here. Hmm? It's Holy Spirit. All right, let's go up here. Verse 12, but keeping the law does not require faith, but self-effort. For the law teaches you if you practice the principles of the law, you must follow all of them. All of them. Yet Christ paid the full price to set us free from the curse of the law. He absorbed it completely as he became a curse in our place. For it is written, everyone who is hung on the, upon a tree is doubly cursed. Christ, it says in Isaiah 53, became a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon you. The blessing of Abraham. Jesus took the curse so you could have the blessing. Say so you're blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Now, remember, it's in Christ. Now, we talk about this in Christ. I want to remind you this little word, into. Ice. 
You, you really need to get a hold of this word. Hebrews 8.10 says, For if this covenant, that this is a covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days, it's Hebrews 8.10, and I will put my laws into their mind and write them upon their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they will be to me a people. The Greek here says, Giving laws of me into the mental perception. That's the Greek. I will be to them into God, and they will be into me people. You get the word into? It's very important for you to understand this. In John chapter 1, verse 12, As many as received him, to them gave he power to become sons of God, even to those that believe not on his name, into his name. You get it? Into. Keep that in mind. John chapter 2, verse 11, The beginnings of miracles that Jesus did in Canaan and manifested the glory, and his disciples believed into him. Very important. John 3, uh, I want to go to John 3, 16. That's one of y'all's favorite verses, isn't it? Should be. Let's look at it in a little different light of what it really says. John chapter 3, verse 16. All right, here we go. <clears throat> King James, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth into him, not in him, into him, should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world, into the world to condemn the world, but the world should be saved through him. He that believeth, is, he that believeth into him, see the into, is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed into the name of the only begotten to the Father. That's so important. When you see in the book of Acts that they were baptized into the name of Christ. It's more than just that. It's into that name, the character, the integrity, the whole thing of Christ. Baptized into the name of Christ. Everything he is and going to be. He that believeth into him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed into the name of the only begotten of the Father. John 3.36 He that believeth into the Son hath everlasting life. He that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. John 6.29 This is the work of God, that you believe into him. Good master, what, what good works must we do? To do the works of God. What do we do? He said, you don't do, you believe. This is the work of God. You believe into me. That's the word, into me, that him that he has sent. John 6, 35. I'm the bread of life. He that cometh into me shall never hunger. And he that believeth into me shall never thirst. You're in him. Say, get over it. You can't get out of him. You're in him. John 6, 40. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth into him may have everlasting life. That's secure. John 17, 20. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them which also shall believe into me through their words. So where are you now? Into him. And you're seated in him in heavenly places right now. John 19, 37. Again, another scripture saith. Thou shalt look, look. You shall look into him whom he pierced. You will look into him whom he has pierced. Into. Do you see the difference? The devil looks on him. 
The devil believes in him, but the devil can't believe into him. You've got to position yourself in the right position. Your identity is in Christ. You use that little word en a lot of times when it says believe in. It's a good word. It's en in the Greek, and it means to go into and remain in place. It don't come out. It remains in place. Hebrews 12, 2, looking into Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Looking where? Into Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. <clears throat> Zechariah 12, 10 says, I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace, the spirit of supplication, prayer and favor, and they shall look upon me. That's the word look into me, whom they have pierced. It's the word into whom they have pierced. And they will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son and shall be in bitterness grieved of soul and mourn for him as one in bitterness of, of his firstborn. Zechariah 13, 1 says, In that day there shall come a fountain open to the house of David and the inhabitants, inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and uncleanness. I want to tell you something. The fountain's open. It's the river of living water that's flowing out of your soul. The Holy Ghost is that living water that's flowing out of you right now. Amen? Amen. I want to read the pack, Romans 6, 6. Did we, we didn't go there, did we? No. Romans 6. I want to read verse 6. I think. Did we? We didn't go there, did we? Nope. Hey, I know, I'm just on the roll. I don't know where we are. <clears throat> verse 5. For since we are permanently grafted into him. Say what? What does permanently mean? Who can give me a definition of permanently? Okay. Not undone. For since we are permanently grafted into him to experience a death like his, then we are permanently grafted into him to experience a resurrection like his and the new life that he imparts, that it imparts permanently. Could it be any clearer than that? Our former identity is now and forever deprived of its power. For we were co-crucified with him to dismantle the stronghold of sin within us so that we would not continue to live one moment longer submitted to sin's power. Oh, obviously a dead person is incapable of sinning. You're dead and your life is hid in Christ, Colossians 3.1. And when Christ appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. So mortify all this stuff that's trying to tell you that you are what you used to be. We've done decided, the Lord said, that's just a familiar spirit when it comes to remind you of something. It's just a demon. What do we do with demons? Cast them out. Tell them to hit the road. You ain't got time for them. <clears throat> like Jerry says, whenever the devil came to him, he just tell him to go stand in the corner until I have time for you and I'll talk to you later. That's what Jerry does. I guess it works for him. <clears throat> verse 8 and if we were co-crucified with the anointed one we know that we shall also share in the fullness of his life I've come that you might have what when now now are you the children of God not going to be someday it's, it's not distance and delay it's now now are you the sons of God it doesn't appear what we shall be but we know we're going to be like him because we're going to see him as he is and every man that hath this hope, God purifies him even as he is pure. Give me an amen. amen. That's who you are.
Oh, thank you, Lord. Isn't it amazing how the religion wants to paint a pretty picture of the cross? The cross wasn't pretty. It's a place of death. Very much. You know, in, in Isaiah 53, it wasn't a Roman soldier or an angry mob that crucified him. But it pleased God to crush him, to make him sick. When God shall make a, his soul an offering for sin. And God will see the travail of his soul. Verse 10, and be satisfied. It was God that crucified him. Why? He took all of our junk and put it on him. Why? Because he could see his seed. That's why when he sees us, he sees his son. He took that so we don't have to have it. Isaiah 53 covers everything, spirit, soul, and body. God shall see the travail of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. Amen? He took it for you so you don't have to carry it anymore. Isaiah 52, 14, the Passion says, Just as many was as appalled at the sight of him, he was so marred in his appearance like an object of horror. He no longer looked like a man. It shocks us when we realize that he was stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted with our disease and our sin. Scripture says we, we thought it was Jehovah that, that did this to him because of him. No. It was us. That cross wasn't his. It was our cross. But we were crucified with him. You need a definite end so you can have a definite beginning so you can build on the new resurrected life. Isaiah 53.10, it pleased Jehovah to bruise him and make him sick. He not only laid our sins on Christ, but he laid us into Christ too, spirit, soul, and body. And into the dominion of disease, he was sick with our sickness. Listen. Satan has no legal right to put disease on any of us. Amen. Say it. Satan has no legal right to put sickness and disease on us. That's not who we are. Amen. When we recognize that now we live in the life of Christ, we don't struggle because we're living by the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. Amen. Ephesians 1, 3 in the Passion. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us as a gift from our wonderful heavenly Father. The Father of our Lord Jesus, all because he sees us wrapped into Christ. This is why we celebrate him with all our hearts. And he chose us to be his very own, joining us to himself even before the foundation of the universe. Isaiah 53, 9 says, He made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his deaths. That word is plural in the Hebrew. Spirit, soul, and body. He took all three so you could have all three. That is plural in the Hebrew. 1 Thessalonians 23 and 24 in the Passion. Now may the God. Now, I'm stopping. Let's stand. I'm going to read this as your blessing. How do we do? Oh, happy day. I finished the paper.
Woo, woo, woo. Oh, okay. First Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24 in the Passion. Now may the God of peace and harmony set you apart, making you completely holy. And may your entire being, spirit, soul, and body, be kept completely flawless in the, in the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Anointed One, the One who calls you by name, is trustworthy and will thoroughly complete His work in you to the end. In Jesus' name. Be blessed. All right, you're dismissed.